0: Right, am I on? Yes, I am. Lovely to see you. Um, last weekend was quite extraordinary. Sunday, particularly. Uh, we had a fabulous evening. Um, great worship. Uh, Carol and John Arnott from Toronto in Canada came to uh, share a word, and then we had a, a most amazing time of prayer ministry. Um, I know some people had not experienced anything quite like it before and were um, a little bit nervous. Uh, So I'm going to say a little bit more about that later on. Um, I think last weekend was a weekend of great significance for us, both individually and collectively. And if you allow me, what I'd like to do tonight is share a little bit of uh, my journey. Uh, I'll come on to that. But before I do, uh, I'd just like to read a psalm. This is Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I came so close to the edge of the cliff. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such a painless life. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They aren't troubled like other people or plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace, and their clothing is woven of cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. Does God realize what is going on, they ask? Is the Most High even aware of what is happening? Look at these arrogant people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Was it for nothing that I kept my heart pure and kept myself from doing wrong? All I get is trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Then one day I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I thought about the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, swept away by terrors. Their present life is only a dream that is gone when they awake. When you arise, O Lord, you will make them vanish from this life. Then I realized how bitter I had become, how pained I had been by all I had seen. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, yet I still belong to you. You are holding my right hand." You will keep on guiding me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. But those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Wow. Something's on. Uh, Okay. I said I want to share with you a little bit about my journey. Um, I'm 61 years of age. Uh, You'll be relieved I'm not going to start in 1955, the year that I was born. I'm only going to go back as far as 2013. Uh, I was working in Bristol and um, not terribly happy in my work. In fact, work was pretty crappy, if you're part of my language. Uh, I had a, a very poor relationship with my boss. Uh, it was quite challenging. I used to have that awful, sickening feeling in my stomach from about midday on a Sunday. Absolutely not looking forward to going to work on a Monday morning. It was pretty awful. I don't know whether that resonates with anybody here. Um, I prayed, Lord, if you want me to stay here, I'll stay here. But actually, um, if I'm not in the right place, I want you to find an exit door for me to walk out. Um, well, I was slightly shocked in February 2014 when I was made redundant. <laughs> um, and although I can look back at it now and have done for many, many, many months because it's over two and a half years ago now, and I can see God's hand in all of it. At the time, I have to say, my pride was uh, a little bit not. And I felt quite hurt because why me and didn't they value me and all the usual stuff. And there's this male thing about, you know, man's supposed to provide for his family and are we going to have to downsize and am I going to have to cash my pension in and all that kind of stuff. Um, I then went out to uh, Hong Kong in the march uh, with Debbie, my wife, uh, uh, to stay with our lovely friends, Mark and Katie down here, who were living in Hong Kong at the time. Um, and God spoke to me through two worship songs. Uh, one was a song called Oceans, which we sing here, a song very much about stepping out into deeper waters. And the other song was a song called Close to Me, a battle song, uh, and it's written as if, as if um, God is, is, is singing to me, and it talks about God's presence being closer uh, than my breath. Lovely, lovely song. And I felt with those songs, particularly the ocean songs, God was saying to me, actually, you've done a great job over recent years. You've stepped out into deeper waters, but boy, your toes are still in the sand. And I'd like you to go a little bit deeper. And I had an image of an open hand. And that open hand was, uh, inside it were lots of things. My family, uh, my job, uh, my, um, my aspirations, Uh, my money, Um, I felt that God was asking me to loosen my grip on every aspect of my life and not hold it like this. It's really hard to just loosen that grip, but I felt that what God was saying to me was, I want you to hold things lightly because you can trust me and I love you. You can trust me and I love you. In August 2014, uh, despite the fact having had six months off, which was a real gift from God, and great to get out of bed on a morning and think, what shall I do today? And oh, I don't think I'll do anything. It was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. If retirement's like that, it'd be absolute heaven, but there we are. Um, anyway, surprise, surprise, God opened another door and encouraged me to walk through. So uh, I'm still in the same industry that I was in uh, before, and I've worked in uh, Bath now for the last two years, very happy, love the job, love the people, uh, a real gift from God, September, we came down the hill from Holy Trinity to join uh, Tim and the team here, and a real sense of excitement, and what has God got planned for me as an individual, and for Debbie and I as a couple, and for us as a church family? Really, really exciting, and it's so good to know that you're actually in a place where God wants you to be. That's the best place to be, where God wants you to be. And the, there have been challenges we've learned, where well, we're still learning how to live as family, uh, how we... Uh, rub up against each other. You know when you spend time with people, you start to rub up against them. And you see all the little flaws that you haven't spotted before, and, uh, and that's a challenge. So how do you continue to ensure that your foundation of love with the other people is, is kept intact when you have different opinions about stuff? Really, really challenging. God often speaks to me by making me feel unsettled, uh, or perhaps a better word is frustrated. Frustrated. Sometimes it's just for me. Uh, Sometimes, uh, when I feel like that, it's not just for me. Uh, Sometimes it's for other people, and sometimes it's for our church family. The starting point of all of that is self-examination. So when I feel like that, the first thing I do is, okay, Lord, is it me? Or is what you're saying to me for somebody else or other people? Um, I had to share with you that lately I've been feeling quite frustrated. Three questions. Is this, this, these are questions that I've asked God. Is this what life is supposed to be like? Is this what church is supposed to be like? Is this all there is? I've been really busy at work. I love my job. I love my job, but busy at work. Busy at church, um, tired, feeling knackered. Um, And when I'm tired, it's quite interesting that parts of my character seem to come to the surface which I don't find particularly attractive. (laughs) And I know some of my very close friends don't find them particularly attractive either. Um, Impatience, um, uh, real paucity of grace, um, sharp tongue, often couched in humor but there's an undercurrent of actually this isn't very pleasant and actually it's it's quite hard when you kind of hear it played back to you in your mind and it's still humorous but actually you know there's an undercurrent which isn't particularly proper and so I've begun to question my attitude to quite a lot of things in my life i become frustrated with myself and a sense that there are parts of my life where I think I'm walking in fear rather than walking in freedom. And I know that God wants me to walk in freedom rather than fear. Fear of man, I think, is one of the biggest things that emasculates Christians. So do I walk the walk or do I just talk the talk? Important, you've got to be careful not to allow the enemy to condemn us as individuals. That little voice in your head saying, You're pretty rubbish. You're pretty rubbish. That's not what God says. God doesn't say that. God has made us as beautifully and wonderful people. So just be aware of that. But I think it's good to challenge ourselves do I walk the walk or do I just talk the talk? I know that God loves me and I know that I love Him. But I've been questioning how healthy my one to one relationship is with him. Debbie and I were up in Yorkshire a few weeks ago. Um, We got family up in Yorkshire. Uh, My cousin's a farmer up there. Um, Just a great guy. Um, And we've we've been talking as a leadership here about possibly going away for a church weekend away. Um, Sorry, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but uh, we are talking about that. And I was just chatting about uh, this with my cousin and the possibility that we'd look to get a guest speaker to come and spend the weekend with us. And uh, we threw around one or two names. And there's a very good friend of my cousin's, a guy I know, actually, but he's a particular friend of my cousin's. And do you know, I was struck by something my cousin said about this guy. This guy's a retired vicar. He said he carries the fruit of the closeness of his relationship with God. He carries the fruit of the closeness of his relationship with God. Do I? Do we? Do you? And recently I had a picture of a spider's web. I was praying with some guys, and I had a very strong picture of a spider's web. And I was in this spider's web. But unlike the spider's web in one of the Lord of the Rings films, um, this was a, a spider's web that actually I could see through And I had movement in my limbs. I could still move, but I couldn't walk away. I was emasculated by it. But I still had movement. And I found that very frustrating. And I, you know, God, what are you saying to me in this, if anything? And I don't want to be emasculated, I want to be free. I want all that God has for me. I want to love and serve Him. I want to live in the river of forgiveness. Where love flows. John Arnott last weekend um, said, what a wonderful thing, quite a few wonderful things. I've written down one or two. And one of them was, what is our purpose? And I wrote this down because I thought this was quite challenging. He said that our purpose is to be ambassadors of reconciliation in a hurting world. But first, we have to become secure in the revelation of the Father's love for us. Let me just read that again. Our purpose is to be ambassadors of reconciliation in a hurting world. But first, we have to become secure in the revelation of the Father's love for us. One becomes, one's before the other. So the question is, do we know the Father's love? I believe that we have to put the things down in our lives that are a distraction. Those habits, the things that stop us from living in freedom. I hadn't talked to Tim um, before this evening about what I was going to say. Um, And it was quite interesting when he got up at the end of the time of worship and talked about surrendering. As I have written down here, we sing, I surrender all, I surrender all but do we? How do we live our lives today and ensure that we fulfill God's purpose for us? We need help. I need help. The good news is that God has already provided that help, and he's called the Holy Spirit, who lives in each and every one of us, if we've asked Christ into our lives. But like a sponge, we dry out and constantly need to be soaked. Soaked in the Holy Spirit if we are to be truly effective and able to handle the challenges that this world throws at us. And if you can think of the imagery of a sponge, you can soak a sponge... And you can just put it on the side and do nothing with it. And as time goes by, the water will evaporate and it will dry out. Likewise, you can soak a sponge and you can use that sponge for washing a car or washing windows, whatever. And the water will dissipate and you need to soak it. So whether you're busy or whether you're laid back on the side or whatever, there isn't one person in God's kingdom who doesn't need to be constantly soaked and constantly topped up with God's Holy Spirit. We need to be constantly soaked so let's just reflect a little bit on last weekend Um, I I said basically what the format of the evening was I think the area which caused some people a bit of concern was perhaps the time of prayer ministry when there was a real manifestation of God's spirit here in quite a powerful way and I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute John and Carol Arnott uh, are from Toronto they were from the Toronto Airport Church And there was a real movement of God's Spirit, I think, back in 94 it started. Uh, And there is no doubt that John and Carol have a real calling on their lives by God for three things, really. One is to help uh, our understanding of the Holy Spirit, to emphasize the importance of the Holy Spirit, but also to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. And I have to say, one of my... uh, I'll say a little bit in a while about my experience last Sunday, but over the weekend, I had a real sense, I was almost taken aback to a degree by um, a realization of God's power. But this is the God who made the earth. Should I be surprised that he's a powerful God? Uh, John Unnup mentioned three passages of Scripture, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. They all tell of Christ's return. It's Jesus foreseeing for his return. He also mentioned uh, Matthew 25, which is the parable of the bridesmaids. Um, the wise and the foolish bridesmaids, they were waiting for the bridegroom to turn up. And the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, and they all fell asleep. And when the bridegroom came at midnight... Um, And they were wakened to say that he'd arrived. Uh, Five of them discovered that they had oil in their, their lamps and five didn't. And John was saying, you know, we as Christians need to be full of oil in preparation for Christ's return. And over the weekend, there was a very strong prophetic word, I believe, for this church, but also the church in Bath and I think the church nationally as well. That actually as a church, as a body of people, it's not the building, it's the body of people. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. This is real. This is serious. We have a mission. We've got people out there hurting in this world. And we have a mission to seek the lost and the saved. John talked about this river of God's Spirit and fountain within us. So I'd ask another question. Are we bathing in the river of God's Spirit as individuals, as a church family? Do we know, do we believe that there is a fountain of God's Spirit within us? Should we be scared of the Holy Spirit? For those who were here last Sunday, um, I know there were some people who were a little bit nervous and perturbed about some things that they saw. I think the answer to that question is no. There is no need for anybody to be scared of the Holy Spirit. But if people haven't experienced physical manifestation of God's Spirit, it can cause them to feel absolutely out of their comfort zone. So, what happened for those who weren't here last weekend? This is in the time of ministry. Um, there were people falling over. Uh, there was quite a bit of laughter. Uh, there was some roaring. Uh, there were some groans. There were people who appeared to be drunk. And I know that there were people here who were healed. What happened in Acts in the early days of the church? Should we be surprised if the Holy Spirit manifests himself in that way in this church last Sunday evening when it's exactly what happened with the same Spirit in the days of the early church? And how can we as a church say we'd love to see God working more powerfully, more powerfully, and then almost get frustrated with God when actually it does happen? Isn't that a bit weird? John Arnott asked a very interesting question. What do we think revival looks like? If you're like me, you're a reflector. You probably need notice of that question. But just think about it during the course of this week. What do you think revival looks like? Because there have been episodes in history when there's been a real manifestation, a real movement of God's Spirit And it's been closely followed by a real revival in the land. That's history. It's not made up. It's history. I know that there were some people here on Sunday night, uh, because uh, I and colleagues have talked to them during the course of the week, who've actually felt um, a bit disappointed about last Sunday night. And that disappointment comes from the fact that they saw a physical manifestation of God's Spirit on other people, but didn't feel it themselves. I think that's a perfectly understandable reaction and thought to have. That does not mean that God loves that person any less than the person who might have been on the floor, flat on their back. God loves each and every one of us Exactly the same. There is no limit to God's love for each one of us. It was quite interesting that John Arnott said that he very seldom has a physical sensation of God's spirit. He hardly ever falls over, whereas Carol, his wife, is actually quite sensitive to God's spirit. And for those of us who were here, we could see that in Carol's life. God's Spirit touches different people in different ways at different times for what is appropriate for them according to how God wants to minister to them and meet their need at that time. So, I thought I'd share with you a little bit about what happened to me. Okay. Um, I'd like to think that I'm quite normal, but you may think totally the opposite. And I know some of my very good friends would say it's exactly the opposite. But anyway, uh, I was on the, um, in the sound desk last Sunday uh, trying to put the visuals on the screens for the worship. Uh, and then when the prayer ministry was taking place, generally down here, uh, if I'm honest with you, I felt a bit left out. Because <laughs> uh, I, I knew Tim was going to be getting back up to worship. And Tim's a lovely guy um, to try and keep up with. Um, when he's deciding, well, he goes where the Spirit leads him in worship and the poor guy on the visuals has to try and keep up. And that that was a bit of a a challenge. But anyway, um, I do love Tim. Uh Um, But Tim relayed a message to me saying, uh, through somebody else saying, uh, Mark, come up for prayer. Well, I didn't need to be asked twice, so I decided that I would come up for prayer. And there was a guy who was part of the prayer ministry team from another church who I know very well. And I asked this guy if he would pray with me. And he got another guy to come along and, uh, and pray along as well. Um, I did not fall over. My hands and legs were not shaking all over the place. I did not feel drunk. I actually sat down in a chair. But, you know, the most extraordinary thing for me was I was overwhelmed by a sensation of the tenderness of God's love for me. And do you know that's fine? That's absolutely fine. And it was quite interesting. If you recall what I said a few moments ago about being knackered and tired and frustrated and all the rest of it. The guy who prayed for me, um, who we know from being in church meetings occasionally, but we don't know each other. He said, I feel God wants to say to you, there is rest in my presence. Just let go. So the fact that I came to the front feeling absolutely knackered and exhausted physically, but certainly emotionally, isn't it amazing that what God said to me that night was exactly what I needed? I didn't need to fall flat on the floor. I didn't need to appear drunk. I've got bits of my body I'd love him to heal at some time, but maybe that's not part of his plan, but that's cool. But actually, he knew what my major need was, and that was that I had to get my life in balance because I haven't got quite my priorities right, and as a consequence of that, I am knackered. And he's saying, I want you to rest in my presence. In my presence, there is rest. So what I saw on Sunday evening was nothing to be frightened, nothing to be scared about. What I saw was a bunch of people thirsty for God, thirsty for God's presence. So am I thirsty enough? Are we thirsty enough? It's good to ask God for everything that he has for us, but on his terms. And so this is likely to be different for each one of us. We're not all the same. He's made us as individuals. We each have an individual blueprint. That's how he designed us. He knows exactly what we need. And so when God's spirit comes and comes in power, then the manifestation of that spirit will be very different for very different people. It's true In some parts of the charismatic movement in churches, there are some Christians who, I feel, hunger after the manifestation of God's spirit rather than God's spirit himself. And I think to get that balance right is something that we need to be aware of and be very careful of. But that shouldn't make us in any way stop being hungry and thirsty for God and his spirit. So what's important here? The measure of what is of God should be the fruit of an increase in the pouring out of his spirit. The measure of what is of God should be the fruit of an increase in the pouring out of his spirit. So what might this look like? We've used terms in this church over the last two years, uh, inwards, upwards, and outwards. Inwards is our maturing as we journey together. We're all on a journey. We're all on different stages, but we're all on a journey, the same journey. So inwards is our maturing together. Upwards is a deepening of the intimacy of our relationship with God. Outwards is tangible demonstrations of God's love and the gospel in the community. We need to be very careful, I suggest, that we do not let time slip by and in a few months' time uh, look back and say, Gosh, we had a great weekend in October. But it made no difference. And we simply slipped back into our previous routine. What's the point? What's the point? So I've got a few questions which um, I can assure you I ask myself uh, because of where I am. But I think that these are questions which apply to all of us within the church family. How much are we prepared to let go? What are we hanging on to in our lives and not allowing God to be part of? Do we seek God and allow Him into what happens on a Monday morning and the other days of the week? Or is He just for Sunday evenings? Do we want all that God has for us? And the final question is Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? Some months ago, when I was praying, um, I had a very, very strong picture of a large property. Um, I don't know; it could have been Victorian. I'm not sure. Very large property, and I was in the uh, the hall of this property, and it was amazingly designed. And I was I was kind of in awe of how this thing had been designed. And I felt that God was saying to me, um, Mark, why don't you come with me to the other rooms in the house? Yes, the hallway is lovely and I designed it beautiful. But actually, I've got much more interesting rooms to show you. Why don't you come with me? So is anyone thirsty? I'm going to close there. Um, But what I'd like to do uh, by way of a prayer before we start to share communion together um, is just play a worship song if Matthew can manage to get the machine going. And could I ask you, if you're able to, to uh, focus on the words of this song? Hopefully it'll be quite clear. And if you're able to make these words a prayer, um, I hope that um, it will mean as much to you as it has to me.
1: God, I give you what I can today, these scattered ashes that are here. my deepest shame the empty places where I've worn your name show me the love I say